Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So again, we've gone through all our fun disclaimers, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's new and noteworthy this week. We hope you all had a great week. Uh, again, we'd love for you to share it with us. Come join us on the Facebook page, on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you'd like to come visit with us, because we'd love to visit with you. Um, and so and social media is such a great place for all kinds of comments, right, guys? Right? <laughs> Uh, but this week we got a couple of things in new and noteworthy, don't we, Nicole? Yes, we do. We do. So why don't you start off by telling us about your week and what you found in the news? My week's been okay. You know, just sore hips and, uh, going to go for a third opinion, um, with another surgeon. I really, uh, would like another opinion. I just feel more comfortable. So I, um, I'm going to do that next week. And so far the flare has subsided mostly, um, which is nice. And then I read a wonderful article that just came out. There is the articles says monoclonal antibody approved to help prevent severe COVID in the vulnerable after exposure. So this is really going to be a special, um, type of monoclonal antibody that's given within 96 hours of exposure to the coronavirus. And it's supposed to be amazing. It's actually a combo of two monoclonal antibodies. I cannot pronounce either one of them. (laughs) I will sound like a complete idiot. Kelly is going to post this article in the show notes so you can read the entire article yourself. It's extremely exciting. It is. I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we keep talking about going backwards with the variants and our vaccines. So that's been so depressing, uh, you know, to hear that the the Delta variant now, people with vaccinations are, you know, can potentially get COVID, even though it'll be a milder case, even though it's less likely to get hospitalized or be put on a vent or, or, you know, heaven forbid, die. that has been so wholeheartedly depressing. And we're talking about, you know, these other variants, the Colombian variant, whatever the other. And there's another one that starts with an E. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't um, remember that, that one. Like are even more drug resistant. It's been so depressing and, and horrifying. It so to have this, like to have this new science come out and say, Hey guys, you know, yes, that's really scary, but we're, we think we might have something that can at least treat it. And, and prevent you from getting really sick. Yep. That's what it's saying. That is so huge. And it's so oh, huge for yes. our immunocompromised community yes. that the vaccines weren't really a good option in the first place. I mean, like you, you're struggling with your B cells, Nicole. Mm-hmm. I still don't have any. Right. And 
So, you know, like if you get exposed to one of these variants, if you get exposed to COVID, it is a huge risk for you. Oh yeah. I have no idea what your immunity level is. No, I am pretty much screwed. Yeah. So like to know that there's a potential treatment, these monoclonal antibody treatments for you, that's a I mean, like, you're not going to take chances and run out there and go, I can go get COVID. Um, right. <laughs> don't, exactly. Don't do that, guys. Please don't do that. This is about. <laughs> and they're not ready for to go out onto the market yet. Um, but like, it's still about like knowing that if you were accidentally exposed, that's that's a game changer for you. Yes. It, it takes a little bit of that edge of fear. Yes. Off of you which is uh, huge off of a lot of us. Like, you know, I, I, I have an 83 year old father sitting down here that I am constantly in fear that when he leaves the house, that he's going to get exposed or my 70 you know, something year old mom, because she doesn't like me telling her age on the podcast, you guys can surmise something. <laughs> she could be just at, at, at as much risk of being exposed. Absolutely. I could be at risk of being exposed Absolutely. and monoclonal antibodies and the science it's like furthering them forward that we can have an option with that big a window. Oh, I know. I think that's incredible. That would, and it would, it's supposed to prevent severe illness with COVID so that right. you would just have minor symptoms. And I, we need to be seeing more stuff like this, Yes, you know, because the variants apparently are not going to stop coming. No, they're not because people are really not getting, I mean, we're seeing vaccination rates increase and that's good, but they're not increasing enough. No, not nearly enough. Because whatever reason, people are just not taking it seriously enough and they're not getting vaccinated. And I, I still get angry. I don't understand it. I still don't understand how people can look at getting COVID like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it's like to live with a chronic illness. You know what, all mm-hmm. of you know out there know what it's like to live with a chronic illness. I don't understand why someone wants to take the risk of long COVID. Yeah. And they're saying that now over 34, 35% of people who have COVID have long COVID of some sort. That's pretty scary. Bad, and it doesn't take a very bad case to get long No, COVID. it does not. These are even in you, mild cases. Or, or people who haven't even had a symptom. Yep. And they can get long COVID. And then they said it can appear even they're seeing four or five months down the yeah. road. These symptoms are coming up. And this is, they're saying is going to cause many people permanent disability for life. Life. Permanent. Life. That's scary. We have not even seen the burden yet no. on our system. No, we, we haven't. We're already dealing with difficulties getting care as chronic illness patients. I mean, if you guys saw the the Instagram post I put up the other day, it was pretty much a good rant about it, but, um, we have not even seen the burden on the system yet. No, wait until these long COVID patients start really hitting the disability system and they're going to hit. Oh yeah. Um, it's going to be horrifying. Well, you think of the people who will lose their homes because they can't work anymore. You'll see all these, all these different things that people, you know, there was a man I saw the other day who had to have half his lung removed. He was a healthy 30 year old man with no comorbidities. He was in the hospital for six months and now he will never work again. He will never run with his children. He will, he basically gets to sit the rest of his life on oxygen. And these people, it's like, it's like, oh, well, if I get COVID, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a mild, I got COVID. It was just a mild case. And I'm like, call me in six months to a year. Yep. 
Um, Or like I'm 20 years old and I'm healthy. It's not going to be that big a deal if I get COVID. And it's like, well, okay, you might be lucky enough to get a mild case. Might be. There's no guarantee of that because like right now we're seeing the Delta variant go through young people like it's hotcakes. Yeah. I just don't understand this resistance to the vaccine because I actually know that probably some of you listening can't get the vaccine and you would love to. Yeah. You would love to get the vaccine. And I you're probably out there screaming, like, who are these idiots? Yes. And and also like people getting the vaccine protect the other people who can't get the vaccine. Like there's yeah. just a million reasons why people should get the vaccine. Yeah. Um and don't even start arguing with me about the word vaccine because like that's also my other favorite argument that people give me. It's not a real vaccine. Yeah, it is. There's no microchip. Vaccines have been around forever. Oh, no, no, no. They they don't think it's a real vaccine because it's an mRNA. Right, right. Which mRNA technology like, has been around since what the 60s or 70s? Yeah. So come on now. Yeah, but it doesn't behave like what we would traditionally call a vaccine. So they don't want to call it a vaccine. It's not a real vaccine, but it's like, you know, people have to stop getting caught up in because it's new tech, quote unquote, new technology or quote unquote, new, a new method or anything new that it's bad, that it's bad. And I mean, I understand, I understand hesitation. I do. I get it. I get it in the black community because we, we have done terrible things to the black community in the name of medicine. I understand there's been hesitation because yes, it has, it doesn't have full approval by the, you know, by the FDA, which is only a timing issue. It's a timing issue. That's it. It is a timing issue. It's not, there is no real reason to have that hesitation because it doesn't, it's going to come. There's, there's not going to be anything that's going to hold it up guys. Nope. It's a vaccine. It's a vaccine. It's just a different type of vaccine. That's right. And getting caught up in it in the terminology and using that as your reason not to get it. No, no, wait, my favorite, wait, I gotta say my favorite. I gotta say it. It's when people tell me I'm not going to get the vaccine because I I don't want that stuff in my body, but in the same breath, they're drinking, um, something they shouldn't, you know, something terrible, like, you know, diet Diet Coke Coke. and they're drinking and they're eating uh, chips. They're 400 pounds. They eat fast food all the time. And I'm like, um, did you guys ever read the studies of what actually is in fast food, all the carcinogens and, you know, we could go over, you know, their unhealthy lifestyle and, and even better, yeah. they smoke two packs of cigarettes a day or whatever. I'm just like, so we're really going to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> I, I kind of am in that same boat. And I, I just, I just, I, I, I really, the thing is though, is I feel like sometimes the more we argue it, the more they dig their heels in. I feel like a lot of people won't get the vaccine until someone they know dies. I, I agree. What about the, the, um, there was a, an anchor on Newsmax who also was like considered the new Rush Limbaugh on radio and he just died from COVID. And he basically texted a bunch of his friends right before he died. And he's like, I wish I had gotten the vaccine. And he wasn't, he was a massive anti-vaxxer talking about like how it was from the devil, all this stuff. And a lot of the people he knew went and got the vaccine when he died. 
because yes. they were like, you know, we, we thought we weren't going to get it. We thought this was a hoax. We thought this was crazy. And we watched him die a terrible death. Oh, it's an awful death. So I feel like a lot of people until it hits them and it, it touches them in some way really aren't going to listen to any. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I'm going to continue to stand up and shout from the rooftops to get the vaccine. And I think you will too, but, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, these are the same people that probably will not allow themselves to get the monoclonal antibodies when they get sick too. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting. I, the nurses I talk to some of my friends and, and such that work in the hospital tell me that, um, you know, they, they come in and they're like, well, I didn't get the vaccine. They're like, and they're like, oh my God, can I have it now? Can I have it now? And they get scared. And she's like, well, you know, the monoclonal antibodies are not FDA approved. This isn't FDA approved either yet, you know? And they're saying, oh, but we still want it. We still need it. I don't want to die. And they're terrified. And I'm like, isn't it funny how things change when you realize you're probably going to die? Yeah. You don't want it to get to that point. People come in, they want the vaccine once they're sick. It doesn't work that way. Then yeah, they'll change their tune when faced with death. They do. And there's a couple of nurses that um, listed on social media, all the things you do every day and eat every day or put in your body or, 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 you know, take part in that are not approved. And you do them constantly by the FDA and they're constantly doing them or taking part in them. And you wonder, you're like, okay, so you, do you know this is an FDA approved or do you just not care? Or are you just selective? <laughs> Cause it really makes no sense. It's, it's about, it's about who they listen to pointing it out and putting it in their faces all the time that it's not FDA approved. Mm-hmm. It's scare tactics. Yes, it it's is. scare tactics. It's scare tactics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we start getting scared of everything all the time, we won't live our lives. No. Nope. And yeah, I mean, look, I grew up in the 70s. We ate lead paint. We microwaved plastic. We had food and styrofoam all the time. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably why I have chronic illness. Let's be real. Me but, too. Um, I'm surprised we don't have natural immunity to the vaccine after all the crap we put in our bodies. Right? Like, I'm like, I mean, the, the virus. Conservatives <laughs> as it is. Yes. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. I'm like, you know, I think kind of Gen X, or I know a lot of Gen Xers who have chronic illness. And I don't think it's because we've improved diagnostics. I think it's because we, of all the bad things we were surrounded We had so much exposure. Oh gosh. The food was bad. We ate (laughs) ate whatever we wanted. I mean, it was, you know, when you wanted to get a snack, you had some chips and a pop. I mean, come on now. You opened up a can of spaghetti. (laughs) That's right. And people ate bologna like it was going on a style, which is one of the worst things you can do. You know, and I'm like, so did I. That's one thing my mother wouldn't feed me and I didn't, I didn't eat. But you know what? Most people did. You know that in our generation. I mean, we, oh gosh. We were 70s and 80s kids, you know? I mean, I was born in the 70s. You know, when I was, I was a Stranger Things age almost, you know, in the 80s. So I I watched that show and I'm like, I had that shirt. I had that thing. I had that toy, you know? (laughs) I'm like, I should be in that show. (laughs) Rusted lunchboxes. Oh my gosh, you guys were so bad. I'd love to hear from any other Gen Xers that were like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know, so totally. But yeah, I mean, this monoclonal antibodies, I do think it's a game changer. I do think it could really help people. I think it's especially a game changer for people with chronic illness and and, and immune disorders. So I think that's a big deal. I think the other big deal making the rounds, and I know a lot of you have probably seen it or heard about it, um, is this BBC video 
that is talking about chronic illness influencers and um, fakers. It's disturbing to say the least. Um, I am not gonna share the link to this video and I am not gonna share the link to the subreddit that taught that kind of the video talks about. And the only reason I'm not gonna share it is because I kind of wish I hadn't seen it. I didn't go to the subreddit because I knew I didn't want to. First of all, I didn't want to know if it talked about us and I didn't because I don't care. You can think all you want about whatever you want about us. Mm-hmm. And that's because that's the type of person I am. I know yep. who I am. I'm strong in who I am. So you can shove your faking it up your, you know, where mm-hmm. I'd love to use more colorful language, but I won't. I know what type of pain I'm in every day. I know why I'm seeing the doctors every day. I know why I'm exploring the issues I have every day. I I will fight tooth and nail for the other people I know that have chronic illnesses that are trying to make the world aware of why we're on social media, trying to shed light on our chronic illnesses. So this BBC video is a report and it starts off really great. Like you're starting off and you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. She's going to totally shed light on you know, people who are trying to, you know, talk about their chronic illnesses and how like rude people are about trying to say we're faking it. And you think that that's going to, that's the way it's going to go. And it does not, it takes this horrifying turn at the end where she basically agrees with this subreddit where they abuse chronic illness influencers who go in, go onto social media, find, find chronic illness influencers, find chronic illness accounts, and they tear the chronic illness influencer apart, following everything they do, analyzing everything they do, saying that they don't really have chronic illness, that they're faking it because of X, because of Y, because of Z, like down to, you know, they didn't use a wheelchair for three days. They must not have chronic illness. They're faking it. They're, and it gets and, and attacking them on their social media accounts, attacking disgusting. them in different ways. It is so disgusting. And one of the worst things she did in this report was she interviewed a very prominent chronic illness influencer who I absolutely know had no idea this is the way the report was going to go about you know, being chronic illness, influencing and all this stuff and made her look like she agreed with all this. Horrible. And I, and I follow the, and we follow our account follows this influencer and there is no way she would have done this. Definitely not. No, she wouldn't have. And the the other worst part is that the reporter is a disabled person herself and did this. And in the end, she did a huge disservice to this community, not just to like the chronic illness influencers, but to our community as a whole that because we fight every day to be heard and believed. We go into doctor's offices and we have to fight to be believed. And here we are now having to fight again to be believed because it's not just the influencers that got hurt by this. It's all of us that got that's right. And I am so angry. I am so furious. Like this is something the BBC does all the time. They've done it with race. They've done it with gender. 
They spin this stuff. It's disgusting. They did this with Meghan Markle. They've done it with her baby. The stuff that comes on like Piers Morgan, and I will call out Piers Morgan because he's disgusting, but like he's still attacking Meghan Markle. He's still attacking her baby. That's disgusting. What is wrong with him? I don't know. But like you go into like the press in, in the UK and like they show that baby like in comparison to a monkey. Come on. Disgusting. Who, and what, like, what is wrong with so people? I have no doubts. Like this subreddit, this subreddit attacks people who are in wheelchairs. It attacks people who have severe chronic illness and it makes fun of them. That's awful. It is not okay. No. Like there's been other subreddits that have been taken down for this stuff. This one stays up and it has ruined people's lives. It has caused people to be so depressed that they've come off of social media It has put people on the brink of suicide. This is how disgusting it is. Our voices should never be dimmed. They should never be silenced because of these people. This is bullying. And the BBC is known for encouraging this behavior. I know I'm like raising my voice, but I was so angry. Like, and you can tell I'm still angry. Like I'm, I'm getting hot. And it's why I won't share the video. It's why I won't share the subreddit. You guys can find it. It's not difficult to find, but I I won't share it. I'm not sharing it. I I won't do it because it needs to disappear. It all needs to disappear. It needs to be removed. Agreed. It shouldn't be up. It's not news. It's, it's bullying. I agree. Our community. Yeah, it is. I just wanted to share that with everybody because I know it's making the rounds and I know that a lot of people are angry about it. Um, I know it's impacting people and they are, I, I, I need them to understand our take on it. I don't care. You can call us fakers. You can call us whatever you want. We both have chronic illnesses. We are both fighting for people with chronic illnesses and I don't care what names you call us. No especially these people that I'm sure are medically uneducated. So please tell me how much you know about illness and you're not sick. I don't want to hear it. And you know, you're talking to two people who have had a lot of names thrown at us throughout. Yes. Hi. Worked in detention. I've had literal poop thrown at me. Yeah, me too. Literal, real. Yes. And urine. Yeah. Blood. 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 Mm -hmm. Vomit. Oh yeah. Yep. Me too. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've been name called. I've been hit. Me too. I was just going to say that I've been attacked. Yep. I'm bitten. Yep. My hair pulled. Like, uh-huh. there's no, you can't call me enough names. Like calling me a faker, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not so worried about that. It's a name. Yeah. Sticks and stones, baby. Yep. That's right. And you know, maybe a few trips and walking into some walls, but that's on me. <laughs> But yeah, these are names. These are words these people use and and we have to rise above it. And you guys, I mean, like Nicole and I have had a lot of practice throughout our careers because of the careers we've chosen with being yelled at a lot and called a lot of names. (laughs) It's so true. So like I've worked help desks at events where people have been very angry about seating arrangements and what food has been placed in front of them. And, um, I can't hear the speakers in my ear. Why would you possibly do this to me? Uh, so I've had a lot of practice with, with people being stupid and rude. And sorry, 
people who are listening who've been stupid and rude to me, but you know, I know a lot of other people haven't had this practice and what you're doing to them is just terrible. And so I'm calling out these people in this subreddit. You're disgusting. They are disgusting. disgusting. You are sitting behind a keyboard anonymously trying to hurt people. That's right. Keyboard warriors. They're not warriors. No, they think they are. Bullies. They're bullies. bullies. They're keyboard bullies. And, and trolls. They're trolls. They're little trolls. Yes, they are. And I'm going to be like that Buffy episode and sorry to anyone who hasn't watched Buffy. But if you haven't, there's a really great Halloween episode where they go to a fraternity house and everyone is facing their deepest, darkest fears. And, and they go after this demon in this, in this house and they get to the top and then they face the demon because the demon rises and it's all this smoke. And when the demon finally rises, he's three inches tall. Love that episode. And do you know how Buffy defeats the demon? She steps on him. She's like, that's it. And she goes, boom, with her foot. Mm-hmm. Just remember that. Yep. That's those bullies. Those bullies are three inches tall. Mm-hmm. They start trying to bully you, step on them. That's right. They're you insecure, awful people who just want to make you feel bad. Forget them. Yep. They are nothing. They are no one. You are bigger than those bullies. Yep. You are better than that. You are better than them because you are real and you are authentic and your illness is real. I don't care if you have a diagnosis yet. I don't care if, you know, no one else believes you, you know, your body and those people don't. And by the way, if you need support in that, and you feel like you're being bullied by these people or by anyone else, you can reach out to us. We've got your back. Yes. We've got your back. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can reach out to us on our email. We've got your back. We will not tolerate anyone bullying you for your chronic illness. Mm -mm. This is an anti-bullying space. Yes. It is a safe space for you. Yes. So, okay. Rant out. We're going to go to something more positive now. Now we'll (laughs) talk about our topic. (laughs) Okay. Our topic is a little lighter today, guys. And, um, All right. So we're going to talk about hobbies today. See, I told you guys, we're going to go a little lighter now. Um, So hobbies, hobbies. Okay. Hobbies for me are a big deal because I love my hobbies and I am an avid, avid crafter as Nicole knows. Mm -hmm. And very good at it. (laughs) She has seen my, um, massive amount of crafting space. She's like, what are you doing today? I'm like painting. She's like, what are you doing today? I'm like making pom-poms. She's like, what are you doing today? I'm like making flowers. All the wonderful things you made me for my birthday gift. Thank you. I love it so much. I love them. I love them. So I have an inordinate amount of crafting supplies in my house. And that is because I'm a homebody and I like to do things at home. Um, but this has been my entire life. I've quilted, painted, sewn mm-hmm. uh oh i do crocheted vinyl, crocheted knitting knitted. Mm-hmm. um scrapbooking mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't even know like i i just have i have too much stuff um but i enjoy it all and so that's me and and that's one of my biggest hobbies i have other ones too but hobbies and, and nicole you have hobbies mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You like, you like movies? You like reading? I, yeah, I like to crochet. I like to read. I like to scrapbook. Oh, Nicole, um, Nicole whips out like these, these uh, crocheted blankets. Like it's no one's business. We used to do them for um, uh, the nursing homes that asked that you donate um, crocheted blankets to the elderly that don't have family or nobody. It just gives them a sense of something that's all theirs in a little space. It's so nice. It's so nice. So, you know, we, we have these hobbies, but it's important. So like, but hobbies aren't just crafts. No. Like Mm-mm. it's not just crafts. It's, it's something that interests you, that you get involved in, that you love to do that, that kind of gets your mind and your blood and your, your soul flowing. I always say it's like kind of your soul flowing. I love that. Um, for those of us that work, it's work, it's work, it's done. Even if it's like your business and you love to do it, that's not a hobby, it's work. Hobby is something you just kind of do for fun. Even if you kind of get paid for it, it's just something you do for fun. So, you know, it, and it can be a whole range of different things. It doesn't have to be crafts. It can, mm-hmm. you know, it could be as simple as learning. You know, I knew people that their hobby, when I was in college, we'd have people come in and just audit classes because they wanted to learn something. Mm-hmm. That was their hobby. Which is so That's jealous. great. I know I'm jealous of that, that too. Kind of time. Um, <laughs> you know, so hobbies can have a wide range of things, which is great for people with chronic illnesses. I think. Absolutely. It is important to have hobbies. Nicole, why is it important to have hobbies? It prevents and helps us uh, stay away from being too depressed. It gives us something to focus on. It gives us a purpose. Yes. And, you know, honestly, it takes up some of that dead space we have, especially for people like me that are on disability for most of my disability, I've been on disability 12 years. And for most of the time I've been on disability, I have not worked. I'd say for 10 out of 10 out of those 12 years. So for me, it was, it gave me some structure, some purpose, some happiness, Yeah, you know, and then I could gift these things to other people, which I was very grateful for. Yeah. I think, you know, there was a 2017 study in the, in the journal of social science and medicine that found that hobbies were a great tool for people in their management of their chronic illnesses, because it, it gave them a coping mechanism and it helped them feel a sense of control that they had lost when they were diagnosed. So that, and that's just for everybody, but like, yeah, you for, it's a filling of dead space. It was, I took, um, I became yoga certified. I became a certified yoga instructor. And like right now I'm taking a mindfulness coaching certificate program and also a meditation and advanced meditation coaching class through a yoga school. And, you know, it gives me purpose. It gives me something to be grateful for something to get up for and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to be part of this. Oh yeah. And, and like right now when we're in the middle of COVID yeah, yeah, and we're sitting here and, you know, we can't go do all the things we used to do. We just can't. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more dead space. I think for a lot of us, um, because we couldn't be as social as we once were, or we can't go out, um, to some of the more crowded spaces we might've done. Like, you know, some of us, our hobbies were music festivals or for me, it was, um, uh, I'd, I'd go out to farmer's markets a lot because I really love fresh fruits and vegetables. A lot of the farmer's markets that I used to go to aren't operating anymore. And so I, I can't do that. 
Um, yeah. cause I used to love to cook with like different things. Like I couldn't get at the grocery store. Like I can't find squash blossoms anywhere, <laughs> but I could find them at the farmer's market. Uh, yes, I cook with, I I'm a California girl. Yes. Hobbies are, are, they do, they fill that dead space, but, um, with COVID, they especially fill dead space or when you are first diagnosed and you can't, or you're going through new symptoms and you can't do the things you used to do. So you have to find new interests, new things that can, that can sometimes be challenging, like to sit back and go, Hmm, what am I interested in? Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to, what did I, Kelly, I was constantly texting you and I'm like, Kelly, I don't think I'm good at anything. I don't know what to do. What am I going to, what can I, what can I take up? <laughs> and, and by the way, your hobbies and interests can change over time. Yes. Also like, so it's not unusual, even when your when your body changes to also change what your hobbies are. So don't mm-hmm. feel like you are wedded to a particular hobby Mm-mm. or a particular thing because you've been doing it for 15, 20 years. Um, it's no different than a career. You can change it. You yeah. can change it. And a hobby is actually easier to change than a career. It is. And you can have multiple. You don't have yeah. to just have one. I have like 17. Um, <laughs> and I, and by the way, I will change them by season. Like I can tell you, Nicole, you're not crocheting right now, are you? Because it's summer. Yeah, it's hot. I it's having that that material on me, especially because I'm halfway done with one of my goddaughter's blankets, and I it's real thick, and I'm like, oh my god. So yeah, I I tend to wait till it's cooler. Sometimes I I do simple things, but not blankets. No, it's it's I I couldn't do a blanket right now. Yeah, it's too hot. Yeah, it's anything that like I I've had a couple people ask for t-shirts. And I'm like, oh, I gotta pull out the press. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, it's hot, you guys. Um, but you know, I enjoy cutting and weeding the vinyl. That's great. Um, but yeah, it's so it, hobbies can change by season. They can change by your what you you're able to do. And, and that's the cool thing about hobbies. And again, like you can hear us talking about our hobbies and it gets exciting. It's probably more exciting sometimes in our careers, which is also why some people take their hobbies and turn them into jobs. And that's not unusual either, but there are some fun hobbies that can are really good for people with chronic illnesses. And I think sometimes people get caught up in you know, like I talk a lot about crafting as a hobby and that's usually the first thing that comes to mind for people when we talk about hobbies is when someone says, get a hobby, people are like, I don't like crafting. Yeah, very true. Um, Crafting is not the only hobby that exists, Mm -mm. guys. And you don't have to craft, you don't have to quilt, you don't have to paint, you don't have to do any of those things to, as a hobby. It's, it's, it's an extremely popular, you know, those things are extremely popular hobbies, but that's not the only thing that's out there. Like Mm -mm. you can swim as a hobby, Mm -hmm. which is also good for your body. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of hobbies can actually be good for your health. Exercise is a great hobby to take up yeah, because it's good for you. And, um, there's a plenty of exercises that people with chronic illnesses can do that are actually really good for specific chronic illnesses. Yeah. Um, 
Yoga is one of them. Yoga is good. And yes, yes, we know, we know the saying, yes, I've tried yoga. It's not going to cure your chronic illness. It just will help some of you. Yes. And there's a wonderful site called we, I believe it's, we do yoga. Is it, we do yoga, Cal? The one that I do, or it's do, um, we do yoga or something like that, but Google it. And there's a free site and there's thousands of videos that will go from absolute beginner all the way up to advanced. It's a wonderful way to your, like, you know, learn yoga. Um, yoga is very helpful for our bodies because it really, really, I mean, for me, for pain reduction, it's life-saving. Um, there's also Tai Chi. Tai Chi is yeah. wonderful for the brain and the body. Yes. It improves muscle strength, lung function. It helps with joint Focus. pain. Mm-hmm. My, my, you know, my rheumatologist has told me that's what she wants me to do is Tai Chi. She said Tai Chi and swimming. Um, there's also like non-exercise things like choir. Choir yeah. is, um, it's really great for lung capacity and mental health. So um, it's recommended for a lot of pulmonary fibrosis patients. Um, that's bicycling is an exercise. It's really good for people. Um, rowing can also be a good exercise because it's sitting down. So bicycling is good because you can also get a recumbent bike Mm -hmm. is the kind that's low. It's kind of, so some people, when they bicycle have a problem because it's up, Mm -hmm. but you can get a recumbent bike, which is sitting down low. And some of them even come in like a, a trike style. So it's easier on the body to bicycle. I love the trikes. They're great. So great. And then there's also, um, and then some people do well with rowing mm-hmm. because of, because of your seated position and how it works all your muscles, but it works them in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you just like with exercising, find a different way, but like no one would think that choir is like necessarily a great exercise, but the way it works your lung capacity, um, it's actually really can be really good for people that do have lung issues. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also not a traditional, you wouldn't think that's a traditional hobby, but it actually is a, it's a pretty darn good hobby. It is just like volunteering volunteering. can be a hobby also. And there's definitely different ways to volunteer. You can volunteer to tutor you can uh, volunteer to write letters or call. Yes. So uh, if you if you're able to write, I know like some people who have like rheumatoid arthritis and stuff, writing can be hard because um, there's there's a lot of like writing campaigns to service members overseas mm-hmm. or elderly people who love to get mail. Yes, they also have phone calls for the elderly if you go to volunteermatch.com or .org. And there's one where you call elderly people once a week for half an hour and mm-hmm. just keep, make sure they're okay and, you know, talk to them so they're not so lonely. Yeah. And they really need it, guys. Like this is, you know, we feel lonely sometimes because we feel so isolated a lot. Um, these are great ways to, for us to connect too. So as much as we're saying like be altruistic about it, it's a, it's a great way for us um, also, because sometimes we get that isolation mm-hmm. from not just from COVID, but just overall isolation. So those phone calls can actually also be a lifeline for us. Yes. When, when. You know, it's a great hobby. Um, so another really interesting one that I found when I was looking through stuff was ballroom dancing. And I was like, how are we going to do ballroom dancing? Like 
what? Because I'm thinking Dancing with the Stars and all this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, do ballroom dancing. Um, but it was, it was more like, now in the time of COVID, I don't recommend this because this is up close and personal. But maybe one day when we get back to something maybe halfway regular, um, salsa, uh, reggae, there's so many other op- uh, dance options that can actually really work um, for people with different chronic illnesses definitely. that are low impact. Yes, definitely. And I, I just didn't think of those because whatever I'm telling you, reality TV has skewed my mind. Skewed my mind. No um, doubt. Learning to play an instrument. Yeah, it's a great one. So this has, this has a lot of different value for people. So depending on what you're able to do, and you, you, it, it might be good even to talk to your physical therapist or doctor about this, because in some people, there's instruments that could help with lung capacity. Others, there's instruments that could help with finger dexterity. Mm-hmm. Um, some that could help with muscle function. Yeah. So learning to play an instrument, you could actually have a conversation with, with one of your doctors, whichever one you know, is working with you and talk about like, Hey, I'm thinking about learning to play an instrument. What could be helpful for me or not care at all about which instrument and just learn to play one. You've always wanted to learn to play. Yeah. Just for the heck of it. And there's wonderful um, tutorials actually that will take you from the start to end on YouTube all for free. And I've gone through some of them because I want to learn how to play guitar. And there are some wonderful ones. There's also some wonderful apps for your phone that are amazing. Yes. And, and it's really also good for your brain function for, to learn music yes. and instruments. It's very and good cognitively. Like it's, it's very, very good. Um, cooking. Cooking is another great yeah. hobby to learn. And this is also one that's excellent for us with, as people with chronic illnesses, because you can learn. So the one thing I love about cooking as a hobby, and especially as someone with you know, gastrointestinal problems is, and, and I've, and I took this up when I, when I graduated from college. So I've learned a lot over time and I am still not like, I'm no chef, but I've learned a lot about substitutions and taste and flavor combinations to a point where I can watch a cooking show and I can automatically go into Okay, he's making that with rice. I would substitute, probably substitute farro over orzo because it would give it, you know, a little bit more bite. And, you know, oh, he's putting this seasoning in it, but, you know, I know my dad doesn't like that seasoning, so I would substitute this in it. Like, can, can, and I can almost taste the food sometimes when they're making it. Like, I watched them today make something with um, three different mushrooms. Oh, how cool. Oh my gosh. I could taste it. I could taste ah, it as mouth watering. I was like, um, yes, just put that in my mouth now, please. <laughs> uh, and I know those of you listening who hate mushrooms are like, you're the most disgusting person in the world. Um, but I can now watch a show and know exactly right on the beat, which substitutions I would make and flavor palettes, um, why I would want to do something over something else, which, which like what dairy substitution I would use, which brand of something I would use over something. 
And it's gotten to a point where like, I get that. I get like, I've gotten to that level with my, with my cooking. And it's a really fun hobby to be able to do. Like I say, I want squat. I'm dying for squash blossoms right now. Sounds so good. I want to make some squat stuff, squash blossoms so much. And my farmer's markets are closed where I would usually get them. I actually don't know if they're in season right now. That's the part I haven't quite gotten to yet. <laughs> <laughs> knowing when things are in season. So cooking is a really fun thing, but like the fun part of it for us is that learning to cook, you get also get to know your body and you get to know like your portion sizes, your um, dietary needs, um, how to cook for yourself in a way that makes you feel better. Yeah. So I, I love cooking as a hobby for people with chronic illness and it's something you can do seated. Like I can't stand for long periods of time. So a lot of times if it's something really intensive that I'm going to have to do a lot of cutting, I either do it in increments or I will pull up a chair. My mom does too, because she's got severe scoliosis. So we have a uh, chair or stools in the kitchen and she can sit on the chair and cook because she can't stand longer than maybe five minutes. And there are so many tools out there that are made for people who need to, like who have arthritis, who can't do certain things. Like if you can't spend a lot of time with a knife chopping, they have a chopping tool that you just pound on the top of. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are so many tools out there that are that make life in the kitchen easier for us and that aren't really more expensive. It's become so much more mainstream for those the to for people um, to have those tools that it's it's not hard to find. Yeah, so it's cooking's a really good hobby to take up. Um, investing, investing is another one. Investing is a great one. And there are there are a couple. Well, there's a few really good investing apps. Um, that not only can you go in with small amounts of money, but you can learn how to invest. There's investing clubs. There's the only thing with investing is yes, you're starting with your own money. (laughs) (laughs) Which can be Um, kind of complicated. Right. But you don't have to start like it's, it's, it's not a thing anymore where you have to start with large amounts of money. You can start with $25, And if you learn and you learn it really well, you can turn that into a good amount of money. Yeah. There's lots of books, the library, and there's a lot of information online too. Yeah. Um, There's also like desktop games that allow you to invest. Mm -hmm. Um, So they make it kind of a game and they make it a little bit more fun. There's all kinds of ways to get into investing and start small and learn as you go along. It's, It's no longer... It's no longer a rich man's game, guys. Nope. Thankfully. If you've always been interested, but thought you had to have a lot of money to do it, it's, that's just not the case anymore. So that's, that's also kind of, and by the way, that, that can be, if you are responsible, a lucrative, lucrative hobby. Oh yeah. It really could be. Um, And then a, a fun nighttime hobby astronomy 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, I also live in LA where we have like the Griffith Observatory and, and a couple observatories. And I live out by H- JPL in, in Pasadena. So we're a little space oriented out here. That's so cool though. But I know some people like who um, live out where they do the space shuttle launches and oh, stuff like wow. that. So they get super into space, right? And this doesn't take that much to get into it. You can get a telescope, you can get a smartphone, you can go, like, if you are a night owl, this is a great activity, guys. Yeah, there's an app on your phone. My friend has it on his phone and I forgot to get the name of the app, but if you hold it up to the sky, mm-hmm. it shows you where all the constellations are and which yes, ones they are. So it's so cool. awesome. And you start learning that and then you start like getting to, like astronomy when I was a little kid, I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Me too. Um, but it's such a great, great hobby for a night owl. Um, and for many of our chronic illnesses, the daytime is very difficult. Mm-hmm. So nighttime, or if like you've got like, you know, some aches and pains that keep you up at night, this can like, you can get outside a little bit. Sometimes the nighttime air is clearer. Cause like daytime air can be smoggy and icky when you live closer to a city. So nighttime air can sometimes be just nice. Or if you like in the summertime, heat gets to you mm-hmm. Get out there at night, look at the stars. So relaxing. Stars, you know, get out there. If you're close enough to space, space, space shuttle launches. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, and like, enjoy it. The stars are phenomenal. They bring down anxiety. You know, stargazing brings down anxiety also. So that's such a beautiful thing. And like you listen to the crickets while you're looking. Yeah. That, that doesn't make me peaceful, but that's all right. (laughs) Um, having pets can be a hobby. Yes. Hoarding pets is not a hobby. Or you can volunteer your time to watch people's animals. That's right. But, but Nicole needs to keep reminding me hoarding pets is not a hobby. Yes, Miss Pet Hoarder. Mm-hmm. I have four. I'm surprised you don't have 10. Well, that's because I also have my father living with me and he won't let me have any more. One day you're going to have 10 and I'm going to walk in the house and be like, wow, she did it. No, I can't take care of <laughs> I am responsible. I am, I am somewhat responsible. Hey, well, when those rush of animals come and knock me over when I walk in. I just just saying one more dog okay um don't mind me but anyway like pets pets and animals can also be a hobby there are different ways to do that pet ownership is one way Mm -hmm. um volunteering at a shelter volunteering at a shelter fostering um volunteering at there are um definitely not just a shelter but like also rescue organizations yeah um you don't actually have to take in a pet. You can actually help rehome pets mm-hmm. or um, you can help fundraise. Yeah. That's the other side of this too. You don't actually have to be the person uh, doing the work. You can help graphic design. You can help fundraise for these organizations. A lot of these organizations really need volunteer fundraisers. Yeah. They do. So if, you are, if you are really good on the phone asking people for money, Ugh, they really need it. There's a, there's a um, taproot, taproot.org. They always have people, they always have projects up. So they, they need help with their projects, but volunteer fundraisers are a big deal. Yeah. Uh, 
but like there's places like the gentle barn where they um take in all kinds of farm animals and that that type of thing oh another good another great hobby for us gardening yep it's slow it's easy it's relaxing for me not for nicole Mm-mm. there's too many <laughs> bugs involved for that no that causes me anxiety i'm anxious thinking about it but i appreciate you bringing it up though <laughs> She appreciates me bringing it up because she knows other people like it. She does not appreciate me bringing it up for her. I'm out there telling her I'm transplanting plants. And she's like, you go have fun with that. Oh, that spider. That's all I can say. Okay. All I did was tell her about a spider. She did not even see the baby that I told to run away. And it it, I don't need to see it. I envisioned it and I'm traumatized. It was Charlotte the third. She made a very nice web inside the pot. Yeah, she needs to run away or get squished. That's all I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> yeah, away. yeah. Um, no, but there's not that many spiders. I have a hmm. bigger fear of earwigs. Oh, yeah, which are like far less dangerous than spiders, guys. I just hate them. Um, but anyway, gardening, in spite of the insects, is also a wonderful hobby. It is keeping beekeeping oh you know there is no way I mean for a million dollars I'm just saying no (laughs) I'm I'm like giving Nicole hives right now oh you should look at my face I'm like (laughs) and I'm turning red trying to tackle into the microphone (laughs) beekeeping is also a surprisingly a really good hobby for um for people with chronic illnesses and um they're not high maintenance but they come with honey honey guys they come with honey which the store is, is for. with what i said that's what the store is for <laughs> uh, not the kind of honey i like. I know that they have the honeycombs and yeah i know the honeycombs they also have so i have a nursery by me that does beekeeping classes. Mm-hmm. And I frequently go there to buy my honey. And they really, really, it's really good honey. And they do, um, they, they focus their bees on certain types of plants. Oh. So like you can get avocado honey, which is not honey mixed with avocado. It's that their bees focus on avocado the flowers oh, avocado trees. I didn't know that. And then they have, oh my gosh, they have all kinds. They have um sage honey. They have, oh my gosh, all buckwheat honey. Oh. And all the honeys taste different. They have lavender honey, which I love honey. Can. Yeah, because I'm allergic to lavender, but oh God, it sounds but, good. Oh my gosh. So they all taste different. And I use them all for different purposes. Like the avocado honey is really good in cooking um like banana bread and it's really mm. good in coffee mm. and teas like because it, it's a really deep deep almost burnt molasses oh I love that I love honey in my tea yeah it's so good it's so good and it's so deep and it's oh anyway you guys I'm a huge honey person but so beekeeping 
because the bees don't require a ton of maintenance and you get the bonus of honey, which is so good for you. You just get bonuses there. Bonuses. Lots of bonuses. Um, um, coloring. Coloring is a nice relax. I love adult coloring. I have all these cuss word coloring <laughs> because they make me laugh and everyone gets those for me. And they are so much, it really, I never thought like that it actually made you relax, but then I started doing adult coloring. And let me tell you something. It makes me feel so relaxed. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Who would have, who would have thought like we'd get back to coloring as grown up? Seriously. And it really is therapeutic. And you can use all kinds of mediums to color. Like yes, you can use crayons. You can use past, you know, pastels. You can color markers, anything. Color markers. There's so many things. Color pencils. Yeah. Um, photography is another good one. Yes, it can be expensive, but you can also do it on your phone yeah, nowadays. Now there's all kinds of apps on your phone yes. that you can do all kinds of things on your phone that you yes, use you a fancy camera for. And the photography isn't just about taking the picture. It's also, it can also be about the editing of the photographs. Yes. It's amazing what you can do with a simple photograph that, I mean, you, it's, people do art galleries now with photographs they took on their iPhones. I have a good friend who does digital photography and she recreates, like redesigns these amazing, her portraits are mind blowing mind-blowing and it's amazing to see you know and she started on her phone yeah so you guys it's it, it, these are these are some interesting hobbies and you have to find like so we just gave you like a huge list <laughs> um but these are hobbies that you know people with chronic illness have found really work for them and but you have to find a hobby that works for you some people literally their hobby is just you know, going along the beach and picking up seashells. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. It is. Don't let anyone judge your hobby. Your hobby is your hobby. Yes. It is yours. Like if your hobby is blogging about, um, there's one guy, his hobby, I I'm not kidding, is taking pictures of carpet in different hotels because he travels a lot. So his hobby is he takes a picture of the carpeting in hotels and he posts it on Instagram and he has a very large following on Instagram of the different carpet in different hotels. Interesting. And it's actually great. It's actually great. I forget what the name of the Instagram account is because I actually do follow it. Um, so you can, you can do, you can make a hobby out of anything. Anything. It doesn't anything. have to be a traditional hobby. It's no. what your interest is. You can make whatever you're interested in into a hobby, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about you. Your hobby can be dyeing your hair a different color once a week. Yes, it can. Your hobby is your hobby. Your hobby can be, you know, painting your nails, different colors. Could be journaling. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to give one caveat. I am not advocating that your hobby be hurting other people. Yeah. Animals, children. Yeah. Your hobby should not hurt something else or the environment. That's right because that's mean and terrible. And then, um, yeah, that things yeah. happen to people like yeah. that. Something, anything that doesn't bring harm to anything or anyone. Right. But, uh, uh, your, you know, your hobby just needs to make you happy. Yeah. Serial and killing isn't a hobby. Just putting it out there. Well, to the serial killer. It is. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but we don't, we do not advocate that hobby. No. But however, like I know for some people, they, they've had to make the shift in hobby and it can be very depressing, mm-hmm. you know, going someone who's been an, you know, an avid crocheter for decades and suddenly they get rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And now they can't hold a crochet hook anymore. They can't even hold the adaptive crochet mm-hmm. hook anymore. And by the way, they do. You guys, a lot of these hobbies, if they're not working for you at first because of the tools you use, look for adaptive tools. There are a lot of adaptive tools for many of these hobbies. And if you can't find them, see what will make them adaptive. Because sometimes you can find someone to make you an adaptive handle or adapt your, the tools you have. Mm-hmm. I have adaptive uh, crochet hooks because yeah. I have carpal tunnel and they work wonderfully. Like I don't have any more carpal tunnel pain when I actually crochet. Right. So, and, and like I say, in the kitchen, there are, is a ton of adaptive equipment. Yeah. Like I use, I know we've gone to uh, cast iron pans, pots, sorry, cast iron pans to like cook on the stove, which are heavier. But what I actually like is it's got a handle on both sides. So it's a traditional handle and then it's got like a handle on the other side. So anytime I have to pick it up, I have to use two hands. And so that makes it easier for me to pick up. I'm not trying to just use one hand, which is a strain on my wrist. Yeah. Um, So there's, there's just things, there's just things that you can get. And I have like other equipment that has adaptive handles and, and stuff. So and you brought up the other day, Kelly, actually, you said the dollar store has um, canvases, you were saying. So oh, yeah. people could learn to paint or do anything like that for very cheap. Very cheap. Like there's not, the dollar store has a lot of art supplies. They have a lot of acrylic paints. Their acrylic paints aren't great, but if you're just starting out and you're not, you know, you just, you're like, I'm just starting out. I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't want to spend a ton of money. The dollar store is great first off. Um, and there's also Pinterest Yeah, is great for giving you dollar store ideas. Yes. Right. Yes. Do you with the dollar store, but art supplies go cheap at first, unless you're planning to sell something, start off cheap because you don't know if you're going to like it. Right. When you, then when you like it, you can go more expensive. Yeah. That's how I started I, that's doing that um, paint by number again. Like I used to do when I was a kid, cause they're real cheap. You can order them off Amazon for like eight, nine bucks. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's really nice. It's fine. I did that too. And then I went and got a couple custom ones. Oh, my- how cool. Yeah. So now I've got a custom one of Finney and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with Kelly. Oh, yeah, I have a really cool one of me that I need to do. Um, That's such please. a cool idea. Yeah, you can get custom paint by number. See, I hobbies, guys, that. I have so many hobbies. Oh my gosh, my house is so full of them. <laughs> um, you know, you have to like find, try to find the adaptive stuff first. Then if that doesn't work, then you have to, you might have to look for a new hobby and that can kind of be devastating. It can be. You we, have understand to that. we understand it's, it's, this is, I hate to say it. And I'm going to be very blunt. It's par for the course mm-hmm. with chronic illness is having to make adjustments like this. 
one of my favorite hobbies is going to museums, especially art museums. And I'm not doing it right now. Like I live really close to a presidential museum. And right now they have an FBI exhibit. Oh, would that be cool? I'm not going. I wouldn't, I'm not going anywhere right now. I mean, I'm contemplating going during the week. That's a good idea because there's less people. There's fewer people, but like today would have been a perfect day to go. And I'm like, I can't, I can't go. It's, I'm, I'm having to make adjustments for things that I want to do because, and these are my, ho- like museums are a big hobby for me. I love them. Museums are fabulous. And they're usually not expensive. No, I wanted to go to that. Did you see that Van Gogh exhibit they had in Chicago? They had oh, I am crying girl that, that I'm missing it though. It's, it's a bunch of places and I'm, I'm so sad. I can't, because I saw like some coverage of it on the news and there seemed to be quite a, quite a lot of people. And that really started to make me anxious. So I thought not during COVID. It's not as empty as the commercials make it. No, it's not, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's things that like you have to make adjustments to do. I know like a lot of people, their hobbies are going to concerts, going to see live music. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, that's just not an option at, mm-hmm. at the moment. Some of the adjustments are doing things over Zoom. You know, some people have knitting groups that they were very social with, and now they're doing knitting groups over Zoom. And it's not the same. It's mm-hmm. not the same as seeing people in person. Some people are doing, um, you know, quote unquote, live concerts over Zoom mm-hmm. or, you know, over Facebook Live or whatever. And yes, it's not the same. Um, maybe now you get a big screen and a couple speakers and you do it in your backyard. Yeah, I mean, good idea. Do what, you can, do what you can to make it as enjoyable as possible. Find a way to make these things special for yourself. Uh, it's nice just to have the company sometimes. It is. It is. You know, if, if, if part of your hobby was being social, find a way to just make it still kind of social. Yeah. Um, I know like for my dad, car shows were a big deal for him. Um, that they're kind of difficult. Cause like right now it's 90 degrees and walking around a car show with a mask on is it's brutal stifling, but we'll find a way cause these car shows are outside. So that's nice. And we'll find a way when the weather gets cooler to maybe go out and he can go to some car shows. Um, but we'll have to do it where they're not overly crowded, but he's had to adjust and he's hating it. He can't go see these cars. It's really hard. It really is. Yeah. And also, you know, like he's getting put on oxygen this week. He's going to have to go to shows where he can sit down all the time. Mm -hmm. You have to make adjustments. He can't like walk an entire auto show anymore. Shoot. Neither can I. So I get that. I understand where he's at. Yeah. But now you can't sit in the cars anymore to take a rest. No, you can't. That's why a lot of people are renting those scooters. Those Mm -hmm. are wonderful for people who have like oxygen or problems with their legs or their hips or anything. And they're, they're wonderful. That way you can go to the the lady at Disneyland that kept running them into my ankle. Oh yeah. Please don't run into people with the scooters. (laughs) But see, that was also a big hobby for me before I started getting really sick. Disneyland was my hobby. Mm -hmm. And Nicole knows this. I was at Disneyland what once a month? At least, if not more. I am not going to lie that I loved it. 
And I, I was obsessed. And Kelly knows I'm really jealous of her right now because I've never been to Disney. So (laughs) I will take you. Yes, you will. In the future, we are going to Disney because it's my dream. I know. And you're going to come out at Christmas and we'll do the nightmare before Christmas. Oh God. You know, I want to do that so bad. Yes. Cause which is also like my favorite. That being said, like I have to pivot because I'm not going there because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Also because they canceled my annual pass program. Still angry. Still so angry. I would be too. These are things, these are things you have to realize like you can't get so bogged down in the fact that you can't do it anymore that you lose sight of the fact that maybe there's something else out there you might want to learn and might actually enjoy more than you ever thought you could. Mm-hmm. It can, we can look at it as, I mean, it's, I had to grieve a lot. I've given up a lot because of my chronic illness. And especially when I was on just disability and wasn't working part-time, had no outlet. I grieved a lot for things I lost, but you know, I, I look at things now and I try to be mindful and look at things as an opportunity for things I've never experienced before. And it's okay to grieve you guys. I'm not saying like, you're going to lose the ability to do something you loved and, and just, oh, well, I just need to be okay with it. I'm going to move on. It is okay to grieve. Yep. It is okay to grieve something you've lost. It is okay to be down in the dumps about the fact you can't hold that crochet hook anymore. It is okay to grieve the fact that you know, you can't stand over that open flame at the stovetop anymore to cook the flambe you used to cook, like the, you know, the wannabe chef you were. It's okay to grieve that. Mm -hmm. Honestly. It's important. Let me tell you, Nicole got some interesting text messages from me when Disney canceled that annual pass program. I would have been livid. And also I can't do Disney like I used to anymore. I can't stand on the lines anymore. I can't do the heat anymore. Like I would have probably had to stop my annual pass anyway, because I couldn't do Disney the way I used to do Disney with everything that's going on with me. Um, So I have, I've had to grieve that. It's just part of what we have to do, but it's, and it's okay. It's okay to be angry it's okay to be sad, but you can't let that anger and grief cloud you so much that you close your mind to new things. Yeah. And you stop moving forward. Cause you know, just because you're sick doesn't mean you can't move forward. We are still important. There is still things out there for us. Yeah. And, and you said the key thing, Nicole, you are still important. You still have purpose. Yes. People, this, this is why, this is why I had such a rant earlier. We still have purpose in this world. We are still human beings and we still have purpose and there are still things you can do in, you know, even if you are bedridden, there's a thing called a computer and there's a thing called a phone. And even if you are bedridden, you have two hours of energy a day there's two hours you can do something that you feel like doing that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just watching a movie. Yeah. Because you know what you just did by watching that movie? You just told Netflix or Hulu or whatever to keep that movie on their streaming service because someone wanted to watch it. Yeah. 
there's your purpose. You guys, just because it's not some major thing that you did doesn't mean those small things don't count. That's right. And also that movie might've made you happy or that movie might've been like, oh, what did I just do with my two hours? That, that movie was cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, people love for people to get on like social media and give a review of movies they've seen, oh you know, gosh. without giving away the any, but that's something you can do for free and people eat that up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I eat that I, up. I'm like, I do. I want to know what people think. Me too. Like if I, if it's a movie that I'm, especially if I'm waffling on a movie, like, oh, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I will go through some reviews and see what people think. Me too. Products, movies. Yes. I use all those reviews, guys. So these are, these are things like you may not think that it's a great hobby. They're great hobbies. They're really good hobbies. Very much so. And, and you, and you guys, I just want you all to know you matter. You matter. Yes, you do. You're as important as anybody else. And you have the same amount of worth as anybody else. Yes. But the more you get involved in some sort of hobby, the more you do that. And, and I call it getting your creative juices flowing. You feed that spirit. Cause I think your spirit is like your creative juices. And I see it that way. Um, and, and by the way, you're, you're probably like, Kelly, I'm not creative. If that's not what I'm talking about, it just kind of gets you going and flowing and moving. Um, your spirit lifts. It, it lifts does. your spirit. It does. It makes you a little bit happier. It makes your, it makes you able to cope a little bit better. Yes. Um, I'm not saying this is going to cure you. I'm not that person. Cause mm-hmm. heaven knows me doing the flowers the other day did not make my chronic illness go away. Yeah. And well, you know, sometimes I think I've stopped because I, I was, I've seen other people do like, I used to think hobbies were only traditional hobbies. And then I would watch people do their traditional hobbies and I'm not good at crafting. I'm not good at certain things. And I felt bad and I didn't think there was anything out there for me. And then I spoke to my therapist about it and she's like, you know, that's not a, that's not a hobby. She goes, a hobby can be absolutely anything. And I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's anything. It's yeah. I mean, look, I like crafting because for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm artsy, fartsy, partsy, wartsy. <laughs> um, and that's because I'm also extremely analytical on the other side. So these are the, like, it's kind of like balance for me. And I need that. I need that yin and yang because it's so extreme on the analytical side. So the art helps, but that's just me. I mean, I like my dad likes cars because for him, it's about the bits and pieces in the engine and the taking things apart and all of those things. And that's how his mind works. That's his hobby. That's what he enjoys. You know, my, for my mom, it's always been acting and dancing. Mm -hmm. She, she likes that aspect. She cannot understand crafts at all. (laughs) <laughs> like, like me <laughs> like do you really need another package of pink paper I'm like this is different pink that's right <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like my dad's like you have like 17 shades of orange paint I'm like this is different orange <laughs> yeah it but actually my dad will never do that he he just he's colorblind so he can't understand to him it still looks gray <laughs> <laughs> but he does understand 
paint. But yeah, you guys, you got it. Like my grandfather collected stamps and he passed his stamp collection on to me only because he knew that I was probably the only person who would preserve his stamp collection and never let anyone touch it. <laughs> and I do, and I have his stamp collection and no, no one will ever, ever touch that stamp collection. Mm -hmm. Collect what you want, do what you want. I don't care. I, you know what else I collect? That's another hobby for me. This is, this is the weird one. Bookmarks. Oh, that's cool. I have a hobby of collecting bookmarks because I'm an avid reader and I used to love the different bookmarks that would be in stores. And so I started off collect, like collecting ones that mattered to me. And all of a sudden I had this huge collection of bookmarks and now people buy me bookmarks from all over the world. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. Isn't that awesome. Yes. And I, so now I have a giant collection of bookmarks and I love them. Um, and that's become a hobby for me. So wherever I go, whenever I'm traveling or I go to like a museum or I go somewhere interesting, if they have a bookmark, I'll, I'll buy it from there. And that's for me, like, you know how people will go somewhere and they'll buy a t-shirt and then it disappears. Well, for me, I just buy a bookmark and it's a nice, simple, easy, small way to remember where I've been. But yeah, that's, but like I have, a, that's a, that's a small hobby for me is collecting bookmarks. I love collecting bookmarks. That's a good and then idea. when I go through them, I remember where all these bookmarks came from. Oh, like, I love oh my that. Gosh, that's what that is. That's where that's from. You guys are so many things you can do. So yeah, many. There really is. Oh, you guys, I just wanted to tell you, I corrected the, um, the actual site. If you're interested in yoga is do yoga with me.com. Very good. Very good. Just in case anyone's interested. But all right, you guys, I think hopefully we gave you some really interesting and weird examples of hobbies you can do <laughs> and told you why it's important to do those hobbies. Um, we have definitely gone off the rails several times in this conversation. Um, Which made it but, fun. But it is fun, you guys. Hobbies should be fun. Hobbies should be a really grand time. Um, I would love for people to share some of the hobbies you do Yeah. Uh, that make you feel better in the comments on the Facebook group and the Facebook page. Uh, really share um, because I think people are always looking for good hobbies especially as, you know, your abilities change and we just want you guys to have a good week. Yeah, Happy absolutely. Yes. And have a good hobby week. Yes. Have a wonderful and, hobby. week. If you guys are creating or doing something fun, share pictures of your hobby. Yes, please. I'd love to see what everybody's doing out there. Gives yeah. me ideas too. I'd love it. All right, guys. Have a good week. Have a good week. You guys. Right. Bye. Bye. 